people will say to us, are you afraid someone will steal your idea? No, like every game for us, we're writing the cards, we're personalizing it. But if someone comes up with an idea that's sort of like ours, there's still a market for that. And having that actually helps people understand what your product is more. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset. This is a podcast that's all about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. In every episode, we go deep with engaging guests who provide tangible takeaways and a whole lot of joy along the way. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I enjoyed having them. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest is Jacqueline Collier, co-founder and CEO of The Bundle Game, actor and podcaster. Jacqueline grew up in a very athletically inclined family, but couldn't manage to make the starting lineup of the basketball team that her parents coached. Her parents encouraged her to find other interests, so she channeled her creative energy into acting. She has appeared in regional theater, off-Broadway, in TV, and film. Jacqueline, a.k.a. Jackson, the Christmas movie world, has appeared in the CBS Christmas movie Fit for Christmas, played the best friend in the engagement plot, and was in Hallmark Channel's Love, Fall, and Order. Television appearances include HBO's The Deuce and Getting Murdered in numerous investigation discovery shows. Jacqueline also had the opportunity to showcase her talents as the producer and co-host of Hallmark Channel's official podcast, The Bubbly Sesh, and currently guests on podcasts in the rom-com world. And if that was not enough, Jacqueline is the co-founder of a custom board game company called Bundle that she started with her sister. Listen in for some great takeaways about Jacqueline's passion to be a creative and how she has used her creative energy to create opportunity. So I have the pleasure of being with Jacqueline Collier today, the co-founder and CEO of The Bundle Game actor and podcaster, probably one of the most creative people we've had on the show thus far. So welcome to the show, Jacqueline. Oh, thank you, Larry. It's an honor to be here. And I'm really excited to chat with you. I don't get asked on many podcasts with money in the title. So (laughs) yeah, well, we'll have you on the show for the mindset component of the show. But I could see that. I think to some degree, people are getting to learn what our show is about. Some of it's about money. A lot of it's about mindset. We're a lot about joy, and we like talking with cool people who have great stories. So, Jacqueline, with that being said, if you could share, so give our listeners some perspective about who you are, where you came from. How did you get to the point where you're acting, podcasting, and created a board game for that matter? What brought you to that point? That's a great question. The short answer of that is that I wasn't good at anything else. And that's how I became an actor. I remember being a little girl and my mom, my dad were the coaches for my basketball team and my sister, my brother's teams. And my sister, and my brother were star athletes. And I didn't even make the starting lineup on the team that my parents coached. And they were like, Oh my goodness, what can we get Jackie to do? What is she good at? 
she seems like she likes to talk. Let's put her in theater. So that's how I got involved doing that when I was a little girl. And I grew up in a really amazing town called Mount Carmel, Pennsylvania. It's a very small coal region town. I love going back to visit. But I always knew growing up that I wanted to be in the entertainment world. I loved reading plays, seeing plays, watching movies, watching TV, listening to music. There was always a world that I was so fascinated by, but no one around me was really as excited by it. I'm from a big sports town and I come from a big sports family. So then when I went off to college and I got to meet all these people who were fellow theater nerds like me, it was really exciting because I felt like I found my people. Yeah. And then I guess that also helped you tremendously because you were around other creatives. So that was an avenue that allowed you to really shine at that point because you hadn't been necessarily exposed to, I guess, that many people that were like you. Yeah. And it's really interesting because I think my family, my family is very, very creative. They're just not as interested in the arts as I am. But even that was a big part of the reason why my sister and I started our board game company is because our parents were always making up games for us to play when we were little kids. Some of them were basketball and and the standard sports games. We had an air hockey table in our living room, that kind of thing. They would also make up games for us to play. So then when my sister and I became adults, We were still making up games and we decided to turn it from a hobby that we had into a business. So it's really fun to get to do that with my sister because she's very business-minded, always has been. And we never really thought we'd get the opportunity to work together because we're so different. Sure. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. But I have to ask you now, because since you opened the door with an air hockey table in the living room, coming from a sports town... Are you a hockey family at all? I'm not, but I would like to be. (laughs) I think all my Canadian friends have been trying to convince me to get into hockey. (laughs) Do you have a favorite team? I do. I'm a New York Rangers fan. I'm a season ticket holder. And unfortunately, at the time of this taping, it's not looking too good for them for the remainder of the season. But we'll see. Hopefully, uh, they pull something out in the playoffs, but I don't know. So how did you come to doing the or creating the Bubbly Sesh podcast? How did that come to be? It's always fun getting to when I moved to the city and I was like, oh, I'm going to have this path of like get my agent and audition for things. But what I realized is that was great too and, and really helpful in booking a lot of jobs, but that it was really important to create my own content. And my friend, Shaul, and I, we both really liked Hallmark movies. So we were like, oh, let's start a podcast all about Hallmark movies. And it started as something that it was originally a fun thing that we were doing just to share our love of this world. But then we started being like, oh, we can really craft this and put a lot of effort into making these episodes really special and interview the stars. And we really started getting very producer-minded about it. And along with that, we thought, okay, we really think that we can make a bigger impact and have a much wider audience if we would team up with Hallmark. So we pitched the CEO of Hallmark at the time and he loved it and took us on. Like pretty much, I think we had our contract within a month of that meeting. And then we started podcasting for Hallmark, which was so much fun. 
it was really like this sort of like a fangirl's dream job because right. we had access to everyone we could want to talk to. And it, it was really an incredible experience. What were some of the highlights for you of being involved in doing that show? So many. I think back to, and this is even just when we were pitching the show, we talked to the CEO about it and he said, Hey, I want you to come into, we're having a meeting right now. They were having a strategy session. He said, they've been in session all day. Why don't you go in and tell them about what you do? So we went in and we were pitching our thing to the room and the room as we were leaving, they were applauding. And I said to my co-host, I said, oh my gosh, it's like we are in a Hallmark movie. It was so much fun. And from there, I had always really been very interested in this world. But I'm a theater gal at heart and that's always what I had been doing. So I didn't really know any of the actors in the Hallmark world personally. And of course, they're playing these really sweet characters. But I think getting to meet them in person and realizing that what you see on screen is very true to who they are as people. I think that going to, we got to go to the TCAs, we got to go to Upfronts, which are all these events that I'd always wanted to go to where you're meeting with network execs, you're getting to meet all the talent. And it's always fun to dress up. I love that. But I think probably the most exciting thing for me as an actor was actually getting to be in a Hallmark movie because It was this really immersive experience where we got to act in the movie, but then also we were podcasting on set and we were getting to really craft a whole story for this movie. And to me, what I find interesting about podcasting, one of the many things, it's just what I love about acting too. It's this ability to connect with other people and to tell stories. And that was a really incredible experience and the leading woman in that movie, Erin Cahill, has become one of my best friends. And we just built a school in Guatemala together through a really great organization called Build On. So I think those friendships were some of the most important things. And I guess finally, the thing that I would have to say is you got to meet him before, but the audience can't see him right now. But my cat Moriarty, I adopted him through Hallmark Channel's Kitten Bowl. And yeah, it was really special. We were interviewing some of the talent that day and they put this little kitten in my arms and I said, I have to have him. And yeah, that was three years ago and he's my best buddy. Listen, I think it's pretty bold, right? You and a friend kind of thinking about putting together this podcast and going and actually reaching out, pitching the CEO of the Hallmark channel, right? So what advice do you have for somebody who has an idea like that? Similar that feels there would be a connection doesn't have to be TV or radio, just any connection with another company. Do you have any advice, any tips for them in terms of how do you go about reaching out to them and actually getting that meeting? This has just sort of been my mindset since I was a little girl. I often found myself in embarrassing situations where I'm very clumsy or I would do things wrong or like I would get embarrassed very easily. But I think having a childhood and like a teenage years filled with all that, I'm sort of cool to deal with rejection and I'm not afraid to put myself out there. And I think that sometimes people are hesitant and I totally get that because you're like, oh, I don't want to bug this person. They're not going to want to work with me or if I bug them too much, like, well, they think I'm annoying. And the thing is, it's like most people, it will go one or two ways. 
they'll just like ignore your reach out and it won't be on their radar and they won't think anything about it. And then that's fine. You're just back where you were. Or a no is as good as a yes. Exactly. And that, and <laughs> I love that. That's so good. And that's fine. You know that. And then if you get this opportunity to be maybe someone's solution to a problem that they have, like you don't have to feel like it's so vulnerable of you just like pitching yourself and putting yourself out there. Like you're looking to connect with someone to do something that will hopefully make everyone's lives better and more exciting. Yeah. I mean, you have a conviction that what you have to offer is going to be beneficial to that end user. If you don't, then I would suggest you probably shouldn't reach out at all, right? Your story reminds me, a friend of mine reminded me of this a long time ago, or just recently, rather. I have a t-shirt that says, and this is from a long time ago when I first started in the financial service profession, and it says, some will, some won't, so what? Oh, I love it. That's you know? so yeah. But you have to take that mentality. If you're really that convicted, which you had that level of conviction, you really truly believed you were going to add value. You did. You got the meeting. And now you've turned this into a whole host of other opportunities as a result in conjunction with Hallmark, right? Yeah. And I would say to people along those lines, something when I'm doing cold reach outs to people, whether it's for me as an actor or for my game company, I try and do, I mean, I say like I'm the fun, not scary kind of stalker, but you you find information about people and even just one little thing that they're interested in or like an article that they spoke in or something that you know that they're invested in, putting that in the email so that you know that they know that you are invested in them and it's something that they remember and also keeping your pitches and reach outs fairly short so that it's like easily digestible information. But there were lots of things that I have done throughout my career that ended up sort of just being... They lived in the space where they were. Like my grad school roommate, we became writing partners. We wrote a web series together and we were like, oh, it'd be great if this got picked up. And like we're both still in the industry and acting, but that web series didn't really become this thing. And same with when we were doing the podcast, I didn't necessarily think that it would lead to one thing that will lead to the next that will lead to the next. But something that my grad school acting teacher would always say to us that I'm sure he didn't originate, but just that he, he would remind us, he would always say, go where the love is. And I found in the Hallmark world, even though I've always liked the movies, but I didn't necessarily think I would be as involved in the world. Like I went to school, I have my MFA in acting and it's very, I was in a very classical acting program. I thought I'd be like, crying all the time and doing checkoff plays until I died. And while I still love all that stuff, I realized that the space in the Hallmark world where this fan base that I connected with so much because they lead with kindness. And that's really important to me and just a core value of the kind of community that I want to be with. And I think that taking every opportunity and also making opportunities out of things that like, I'm not afraid to bug people. I'm not afraid to send that email like five or six times. I'm not afraid to do any of that because I hope that if we work together, that people will find that it's a good experience and that I'm not still annoying them. (laughs) 
Listen, I agree with you. I think that's fantastic advice. I think that's a great tidbit for most people to walk away with. And I love that go where the love is. I love that mantra. We at the Midland Money Mindset may rebrand it to go where the joy is, but same idea, same idea. So let's talk about your game, the bundle real quick, right? So the board game, you guys created it. You have this business. I believe it was bought out by the Hallmark Channel, right? They got involved with that. So maybe you could just give our listeners an, a little bit of an idea of what the board game is about, what the idea around it is, and then how did it come to be that Hallmark Channel got involved with it as well? So my sister, she's 16 months younger than me, but we always say that she's the little big sister because she really acts like the big sister. She's definitely the more responsible one. She has her master's from Harvard. She's worked in banking. Like she's got all her ducks in a row with that way and really keeps our business afloat financially. So thank you, Cassie, for that. (laughs) (laughs) But we were always making games growing up. And one 4th of July, we were having a party at my apartment And someone said, Oh my goodness, what if you guys like actually made games? Like you should actually really make games and get them manufactured. And I said, Okay, Cassie, let's do this. And a couple days later, she said, Were you kidding about that? Or do you really want to do it? So we ended up just starting very bare bones. We put in maybe a thousand dollars each, started making the games by hand. And I'm talking like going to thrift stores buying games, covering them in contact paper, cutting the cars out with construction paper. Like it couldn't have been more bare bones than that. Grassroots. Oh my goodness, Larry. It was 100% (laughs) grassroots. And we were writing the cards out by hand. We weren't even typing them. Like it was very old school. And we sold, I think like 30 of those to friends and family. And then we had this sort of proof of concept. And after that, we did a Kickstarter campaign where we raised enough money. I think our goal was $10,000 and we raised around $13,000 to actually do a run of the games that an actual company would manufacture. So that was really, really exciting because we went from these board games that we were cutting out by hand to working with a company that's really great. Our game, it's a soft board and comes in a soft bag. So you can take it around and you can travel with it because a lot of our customers are always on the go. So it was really exciting to get that traction. And then when I started working for Hallmark, Cassie actually suggested to me first, she said, oh my gosh, it'd be really great to do a countdown for Christmas game. What if we pitched it to Hallmark? So the CEO of Hallmark we wrote to him, we said, Hey, we have a board game that we really want to pitch you. It's all about Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. So we go in, we're pitching it. The meeting's going really well. And then he brings in one of his colleagues. We were in New York City. They were in LA. He brings in the colleague via the teleconference and they say, Oh, I love this idea. But unfortunately, we're already doing a Monopoly game. So we already have a game this season. And instead of getting discouraged in the moment, it was a very quick pivot. I said, Oh my goodness, that's amazing that you're doing Monopoly. That's great. Like that's even opening up the game space even more for people. I don't think that's a conflict at all pitching it like that because with our game, our game, all 83 cards are specifically written either for the 
family or couple that orders it or for the fandom. So like for the Hallmark Channel game that we made, all 83 cards were all about things that were the Hallmark Channel movies or when you watch the stars, everything like that. Whereas the Monopoly game, it was all themed to to Hallmark, but it's still the same play pattern of regular Monopoly. It's the same game, just different. Exactly. So we pitched that. They ended up okaying it. And what was so exciting about that was that both our game and the Monopoly game sold out that year. So I definitely say this to people. I feel this about being an actor too, but I've had people ask me about Bundle. We're an LLC and everything like that, but it's very difficult, if not impossible, to patent a board game. That's not, that's just not something to do. And people will say to us, are you afraid someone will steal your idea? And I'm like, no, like every game for us, like we're writing the cards, we're personalizing it. But if someone comes up with an idea that's sort of like ours, that is with personalized games, it's like there's still a market for that. And having that actually helps people understand what your product is more. And I find this with acting too, that I'm friends with a lot of actors. People ask if we're competitive, but I just don't... That mindset, I think... You have an abundance mindset. Yeah. You have a total abundance mindset, which is fantastic, especially for being in those spaces, right? You're talking about being an actor, being on TV, being in movies. These are things that you kind of have to because you're not going to be the right fit for every role. So you have to have that abundant mindset. And that's probably, arguably, part of your biggest success is being able to have that mindset and not look at it as a defeat. It's just it's the way it is. So one of the things I wanted to ask you is at Midland, we serve a lot of authors, particularly many that are in the romance field. So one of the things that they always contemplate and they're always looking for is a lot of times their books translate very well to movies. So I'm curious for them, what advice would you have for them if they're looking to get one of their works into a movie? What advice would you have for them if they were looking to do that? Last year at Christmas Con, I was moderating the literary panels and some of the people on there had had their books turned into Christmas movies, which was really exciting. And they were great at giving expert advice about this. But what I would say... And I'm someone who's like starting to sort of dip my toe into the development and producing aspect of things. The way that these movies are written are very specific beasts that I didn't understand prior to being involved. Like there's a a nine act structure that is kind of hard to crack. There's these things that every movie side kind of has and, and these tent poles. I would suggest that reaching out to some of the writers in this space telling them a little bit about the book that they have. Like, oh, here's my book. Here's a copy of it if you want to read it. Here's what the story is. Would you be interested in adapting it for the screen or working with me to adapt it into a screenplay? I think that that's really exciting to be able... If they're willing to collaborate, that's really exciting to be able to collaborate with someone in that way. If it's something that they know that they want to turn it into a screenplay themselves... A lot of these made-for-TV movie writers, whether it's the Hallmark world or like, you know, now we're having all of them pop up like CBS and Netflix and, and everything like that. You can reach out to these writers. Like I know IMDB Pro is like my best friend. You reach out either to them directly or to their agent or their manager 
And they usually for a small fee, they'll consult with you about your script. Some of them do that. I think also reaching out to actors who you think might be a fit for the characters and saying like, oh my gosh, when I think about if my book was turned into a movie, I picture you for the lead. And then you get actors, name actors to sort of have some investment in that. And then they think about, well, I know this producer who knows this person. And really from, it's this whole thing of like, oh, you know, dreaming big, but really thinking of all the angles to what what would this look like if this movie actually got made? Almost like networking through the different components of it to get more advocates kind of building the interest within the community about what your vision is so that somebody eventually will see that vision and hopefully take it on as their own and actually turn it into a movie, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, that's so great how you frame that because that's exactly true of just getting people on board with your vision. Cause sometimes like for some people, it might be seem like sort of an unorthodox thing to get an actor involved. Cause they're like, well, that actor is not a producer. Do they have the money? Whatever. But like, just for an example, and this is something that this is still very much in development. So I don't think I'm, I'm not spoiling anything and I won't, I'm not, I won't name any names, but I had made literally just a Instagram post that I was sort of joking, but also I'm always serious about this, Larry, being like, oh, here's my new headshot. Cast me in your next Christmas movie. And a woman that I had worked with, I had a small part in a Christmas movie on CBS last year, and it was right when that was coming out. So I was like, oh, I have some eyes on here. I'm going to post it now. Right, yeah, take advantage Take of advantage it. of it. And this woman that I had worked with through a producer that I knew when I was at Hallmark was like, hey... I have a script that I would love for you to read. I read it. I loved it. I got a bunch of people together to do a reading of it. A director producer that I had done another rom-com with, he really liked it. And now we're figuring out, you never know what's going to happen with things like yeah, this. But it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now we have a team that wants to get it made. Who knows how long it'll take and when it'll happen. But that was just from me being like silly on Instagram and this young woman being like, oh, okay, I remember her from this. What if I send her this script? And then it's like, I got excited. I told people and it generates buzz and excitement around something. And I think that that's really helpful. Like you can make a thing out of it before it's even a thing. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I think this leads into what I wanted to talk about next, which was community. And we've talked about it a little bit up until now. But I think it's important, right? If you go out to your community and you put out good energy to the community and you get other people who are interested in that vision, eventually you have a whole host of people that really are aligned with you and what you want to do. And the more people you have, the better off and the better opportunity you may have to get that thing done. So, and I talk about community all the time. Can you share what connecting others and building community has meant to you over your career? Because it sounds like it's been an integral component. That's such a good question. And it also like gives me goosebumps and like all the warm feelings because like it really is central, not just to my career, but like how I move through life. Aside from things that directly affect me, I think, as I mentioned, growing up, I didn't have a whole lot of skill sets. But something that was a skill set for me was 
I sort of like to not necessarily romantically, but like match make people of like, Oh, you guys would be good friends or, Oh, you guys were just talking about that same book. You might want to talk about that. And I think that especially in this industry, I feel really grateful to know a lot of talented, creative, vibrant, kind people. And I get really excited about introducing them to each other. One of my really good friends, we did a show together years ago and she was just in Into the Woods on Broadway and she's done mostly theater, but I know a Hallmark exec who loves theater. And I said, Oh my gosh, she'd be great for Hallmark stuff. You guys should meet because you love theater and she needs transition to the Hallmark world. And then it's an exciting thing for them to meet. And I always sort of had that about me. Malcolm Gladwell talks about like different types of people. And like, I've always thought like, oh, I'm a connector. I like bringing people together. And I think that in terms of like the Hallmark world, especially this community has really showed up for me in huge ways that don't even have a lot to do with my career necessarily. They're incredible in supporting me, like literally in whatever I do, Yeah, but it sounds like it's as a result of the energy and what you've done to help the people around you, right? And now they're paying it back. Not that it's a one-for-one or a tit-for-tat, so to speak, but somebody who is trying to connect and having that abundance mindset and people and important people see that you are that way, it just encourages them and makes them want to help you because whether you help them directly, it doesn't necessarily matter because if they're of a similar mindset to you, they see how much you're helping other people. So they want to do the same thing for you. So I think it makes a lot of sense for sure. Yeah. They show up in really big ways. Like I had a friend last year, she's fine now, but she had cancer. And then another friend who had a terrible house fire. And I posted even just in my Insta stories, if you're able to donate a little bit of money to help. And like always my Hallmark community, they just show up and they support. And like, even if they can't support financially, they share it or they send the person a sweet message. And it's like, it's so moving to me because I always thought it was really incredible that they were supporting me in my career staff. Like if I'm ever... Well, you almost feel like they kind of have to do that, right? right? right. They want it. This stuff is not they have to, it's they want to. That's the perfect way to put it. It's like, oh, they want to, and they want to be a part of this community. And we're all in this community together. And I feel like that about my New York theater community too. I, I'm really grateful for all those relationships that I had. I've been in New York a little over 10 years and we all sort of were coming up together and moving to the city at the same time. And it's really great to have like these little families of people who every community is different too, which is fun. (laughs) They're very different from each other. Yeah. And listen, it's so important. I think as a business owner or an entrepreneur, everybody wants to have a team that stakeholders that are part of their organization that feel that way, because I think that it creates an environment that is just better for everybody because it's not just about, well, what are we doing as a company? It's also how are we helping the people? Because without the people, there is no company. Kudos to Hallmark and to the communities that you have surrounded yourself with because it seems like they've really encouraged you and helped you do that. So I got to ask, all right, what's up next for Jacqueline Collier? What do you have up next? We don't have the release dates yet, but I did a couple months ago, 
I shot a short film and a feature length rom-com and they were both really fun to do. Actually, one of my, they're not affiliated with Hallmark at all, but actually the woman that I did both of the films with was a woman that I met at Christmas con and her name's Carrie Francis. She was in Knives Out. She did Poker Face. She's become like a really, she's become a huge member of my community and she wrote this short film and it's really beautiful and very heartfelt. So that's in post-production now, but hopefully should be out soon. And then we were both in this rom-com that shot in Boston. It was a ton of fun called Us and Ourselves about a bunch of friends from college that get together to celebrate someone's engagement, but a bunch of crazy stuff ensues. <laughs> and that was really fun okay. to film because we all stayed together in the house that we were shooting in. So it was a real, where you're talking about community, it's like a real sense of community. It was almost like being in college again. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like being in college again. I was like, oh my goodness. I wasn't very wild in college, but some of the party scenes in this made me feel like, okay, this is like I could have had a wild college made life. up for it. Yeah, made up for it for <laughs> sure. Well, that's sure. great. Well, we wish you luck with those two projects. We hope to see those soon. And I really enjoyed this conversation. A lot of great tidbits for our listeners. And this is the Midland Money Mindset. And as I spoke about earlier, we're all about joy. So we ask each of our guests the same last question. It's the only question we ask everybody the same thing, which is, what did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? Okay. So this is a great question. And I might have a silly answer, but it brought me so much joy today. So actually... There's no silly answers. (laughs) There's only joy or more joy. (laughs) This provided joy and more joy. So a wonderful woman who's an exec at Hallmark that I met through my work at Hallmark. Her name is Anna. And we had coffee this morning. And we had this long running inside joke that every time we meet up, we wear wigs. So we showed up today... We were both wearing these ridiculous wigs. We also like created these characters. She was Joan. I was Tammy. And we had a whole coffee meeting. I mean, it wasn't really a meeting, but a whole, we had, we probably <laughs> sat for an hour and a half and laughed and talked about our days doing theater in high school. And that just brought me so much joy this morning because it was nice to get to reminisce about high school theater days and then also just not take ourselves so seriously. There you go. I think that's a great lesson for a lot of people. And I think it's a great way to start the day. So so listen, if people want to learn more about you, more about the bundle, we're going to have all of your information in our show notes. But if people want to learn more, what's the quickest and easiest way for them to do that? So I'm Jacqueline Collier on Instagram and Bundle has an Instagram at the Bundle Game. And feel free to DM me. I always like chatting with people or answering questions. And I'm on Twitter at Jacqueline C. Tweets, but I don't know my way around there as well as I do Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So they'll hit you up on Instagram, at The Bundle, or at Jacqueline Collier, get hooked up with you, send you a DM. I really appreciate you taking time out today to spend a few minutes with us and share your story and make it a great day. Thank you so much, Larry. You too. This was awesome. I want to thank Jacqueline Collier for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset. Jacqueline is a true creative and is leaving her mark on several passion areas, including acting, podcasting, and the board game world. 
She recognized the benefits of community early on and began building one that has served her for her entire career. Jacqueline's tenacious and abundance mindset is admirable and attributable to much of her successes thus far, and I am sure will impact them going forward. Jacqueline Collier and all she is up to can be found across most social media platforms. All the contact information needed to find them can be found in the show notes. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandmoneymindset.com and smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content and please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. And be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.